welcome to the third in our first series of the Sew Ab Fab podcast. I'm Caroline and I run a sewing business named Sew Ab Fab and my co-host is Ali from Bobbin Sewing School. Hello, Ali. Hello. Hello, everyone. So in our podcast, we introduce you to guests that are integral to home sewing or have connections to the sewing industry. Many of our guests have small to medium sized sewing related businesses and or provide necessary resources and products to help you as sewers. So, Caroline, I know you have some exciting news. I believe you have moved into your new Sew Ab Fab headquarters. That must be really exciting for you. It is, and I can't wait to get properly settled and start building the business from here. Fabulous. Oh, I expect so. So having sold Stitched by You, a bricks and mortar shop, and moving to a new area, then starting again with Sew Ab Fab on your dining room table, it must be lovely to be back in a proper premises. It is. So while I've been busy setting up here, what have you been up to Ali? Well as you know Caroline I, I've i been on a pattern and fabric diet for a long while now I keep saying this it's a bit like <laughs> dieting with me I you know I say I'm dieting and then something comes along like a chocolate biscuit <laughs> so uh, I did succumb and I've just ordered the very recently um, released auburn jacket pattern and kit from Cashmerette um, yeah it's been all over Instagram so it's a bit of an indulgence um, but I'm interested to have a go at it and I know it sounds a bit daft me buying a pattern and uh, kit from them but I've made loads of jackets over the years for many other people and I thought do you know what I'm gonna indulge myself yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yes. Yeah. So Cashmerette, if, if you haven't heard of them, they have a full range of sizes. Um, and the Auburn jacket is in a size 12 to 34. So it's a it's a big size range and different cup sizes, too. So I know that Jenny uh, Cashmerette has put a lot of work and effort into making this pattern and launching it. Um, so I shall look forward to that. When it comes, fortunately, it's only available on pre-order, um, but I shall look forward to it when it comes in June. <laughs> oh, the perils of online shopping. Yes, a good shop online is fatal. And our guest today has been making the best of the past year's situation with her shop online. So let's introduce that. So our guest today is Nicola from So Busy in Fleet in Hampshire. Hello, Nicola. Welcome. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you, Ali and Caroline? Well, I'm good. I'm good. Caroline, are you? <laughs> yes, I'm good this morning. All's good. As we mentioned, uh, Nicola, you are the owner of So Busy. Could you tell us and our listeners about your wonderful shop, So Busy? Sure. Well, So Busy, um, mostly quilting cottons because of the versatility versatility word I can't say um, <laughs> because it can be used for crafts quilting and dressmaking but we have expanded due to customer demand into some other areas so we've got dressmaking fabrics we've got quirky gifts we have a small range of wool we have haberdashery and ribbons and buttons um, and lots of pretty things as much as I can cram into the shop really it is beautiful um I, I am a couple well since I've moved away but previously I was a regular customer so um, I knew firsthand how great it is. So how long has So Busy been going now? We physically opened in May 2014 in our first unit. It was probably in my mind and I was working on it a good six months prior and we were in my mind for a good sort of 18 months prior to that. So we opened on May 2014 and then we moved into the shopping centre in Fleet 
in February 2018. Wow so I know I know Caroline was always saying to me how fabulous your shop was when when I was working alongside her in Hampshire as well. So what inspired you or who inspired you to set up so busy i think there's a few things that kind of inspired me is that i couldn't get what i needed locally um i we always had to go up to shows or i would go up to london um locally or, or up to oxford and it seemed a bit of a schlep just for what i needed um so that was one of the main inspiring reasons but it was also because there are some life circumstances a close friend of mine had been very, very poorly. And they're kind of just one of those days where you think life is just too short. My children, mm. children's dad had passed away a few years earlier, quite young. So yeah. those life circumstances make you realize that you just need to have a go at something. So yeah. it just slotted into place. You know, um, my job had I'd been made redundant and I was in a, a, another job that I wasn't really enjoying very much and a unit came up. So kind of things just slotted together I'm grateful even things happening for a reason I think I think you're right I think it's it is and and do you know and the older you get the more you see the world changing and you think oh I really need to do what I need to do now rather than leave it don't you that's the thing yes you're right your idea might not be relevant at that time but you know yes time and I'm sure we've seen a lot of that over the past year as well Definitely, definitely. So I know you have a family. Um, having a business and a young family must have been challenging at times. Um, but did, did it help being your own boss? Uh, yes and no. Initially, um, it probably did because we weren't as busy or as big um, and the children were quite young. So they couldn't, um, I, I couldn't really leave them. They went, but they were old enough to sort of come with me. So they came with me in school yeah. holidays. And there was one day, I think, the, in the early days, where it was very, very hot and we closed up and went to the beach for the day. <laughs> as it's progressed, and probably more since we've been in the new unit, it is, it's been a, a real juggling act because, you know, there are days, uh, weeks that I work six days a week and sometimes, you know, my daughter needs me taken to sports events or there's something you want to do. Um, but the, they're a lot older now, so they're much more self-sufficient. So it can be easier. And then other times... Um, you know the shop has had to come first and you know again it's a single parent a mother's guilt yeah. is juggling all the time so yes to some things no on others really yeah and I mean the business is another baby in essence isn't it really Bucks really you so you know you want to do it all if you, you know I'm not very good at delegating so <laughs> I want to be there all the time and <laughs> to ensure things work well and um, things are done as I like so I have to learn to probably let go a little bit more. <laughs> it's really hard though isn't it because it is your baby um, mm. I know Ali and I are exactly the same we don't delegate or we, we will take it all and do it all and you sometimes you feel like you're a master we're not even a master you're okay at everything but a master of nothing especially on yeah. the admin side. It's been hard to run a business um, and there's contact, constant need to adapt. Have you found that this year's um, COVID has changed people's perceptions to sewing and the sewing industry? I don't know if it's changed people's perceptions. Um, I think I do find that sometimes people's perceptions towards sewing is that it's a hobby and not a business. Anybody who runs it as a business and people don't value its worth and the time. I have seen a lot more creativity with people setting up small businesses. So maybe there's a 
more people that will value the time that's spent on sewing. I think maybe people may have seen when people were making scrubs and masks last year that it, it is a skill um, and yeah. it is a valued skill. Um, I don't, I haven't really seen people's perceptions of sewing change, but I have seen a, a huge resurgence in the interest of sewing. Good. Enjoying it and the, and the benefits from doing something that's not on technology that can switch off and good for their minds and their mental health it is something they can not have to think about, especially hard, you know, working in a working life. So I'll talk to people about their perceptions of sewing. Yeah, yeah. it's funny, isn't it? Because I mean, obviously, as you said, you touched there, a lot of people have taken up new crafts and new um, sort of vocational skills during this this funny period that we've been through um and i know myself i've had to adapt and i've had to learn new skills myself um just through um the desire to learn them but also that i've given the time to to do it during covid so have you found yourself having to learn new skills um to adapt to the changing face of this of your sewing shop to really learn any new skills i'm not um I'm not very confident behind the camera. I'm not, I'm not really into these live videos or vlogs. That, that just isn't me. I'm not very confident with it. Um, and I just don't think my customer base, maybe they would, but um, in terms of behind the scenes skills, I've had to really knuckle down with technology and be quite more reactive um, to changing things. So I have to anticipate, you know, when we last year, the end of last year, we were anticipating a lockdown, you know, how we could make sure our customers had everything they needed. Yes. It's been a bit more fast paced and learning, um, you know, how to get that across to our customers and technology for me, you know, a lot more admin, lots of new systems, learning more about social media. There's always something to learn on that. So from behind the scenes technology, that their skills that I've had to learn, yes. Definitely. I think we've all, uh, as Ali said, we, we've all had to learn more about technology because our businesses have moved away from face-to-face -face customers to online um, customers. So could you describe a usual working day for us? <laughs> yeah, there probably isn't a usual working day, but when we're open, um, our day starts quite early with, I drop my daughter at the bus stop for school for now. Um, then it's uh, into the shop for half nine opening. We might squeeze the coffee in in the morning. <laughs> I used to do that. Open. Yeah. I, I used to have a coffee shop, as you know, practically <laughs> next door. And I used to be there first thing so that when Ali turned up, there was a coffee waiting. <laughs> <laughs> we do sometimes have people waiting when we come back at, uh, to the 9.30 on the dot to look at their watches. But you've got to have a little perk of being your own boss. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> a normal day in the shop, you know, normally obviously you'd be serving customers all day. No two days are the same because you have different requests. But on top of sort of serving in the shop, you know, dealing with, you know, reps that want to come in to show you products, um, to deal with the admin, um, chasing parcels that have gone missing, dealing with questions and queries that come through through all the different social media platforms. That's quite challenging. Mm. And um, most of my ladies are gone by sort of three o'clock, so I'm usually on my own. Uh, close up. I then usually have food shopping to do with sometimes three grown adults in the house, depends who's at uni or home. Um, then I'll get home and pick my daughter up and tea. And then usually in the evenings, it's an admin evening. So it's website mm -hmm. 
answering queries, looking at product online, trying to source new product. Sometimes um, on an ordinary working day, then that's when I would sort of sit on the sofa and do some cross stitch. Um, but I to do that. It's a little bit different in um, in lockdown because I have a little bit more time in the afternoons. It's more or less the same going to the shops, but I come home early and I can get my admin done in the afternoon, so then I can sew or cross stitch or something in the evening. Nice. Yeah, oh, fabulous. Um, as you said, you have a wonderful team of ladies who work alongside you. How important do you think a support network is when running a business? Um, it's hugely, it's hugely um, important. It's very, you know, I use them as a sounding board. Um, I used to just sort of stock every fabric that I liked, which worked initially. Um, for example, I'm not a great lover of birds, so I would never have a fabric with birds on. <laughs> hey, <same. laughs> so, you know, you'd have to start thinking outside the box and asking other people. And obviously they're dealing with customers. So they know what customers have asked for or seen something on their travels that might be you know, good for us to stock. And so that is hugely important. And also my partner, you know, I offload at the end of the day, you know, and I'm whinge and a moan or I say what do you think about this and should I do that so I think it's hugely important to have them there because they've got different ideas and yeah. different um, outlooks to myself might not always take it on board but you know <laughs> <laughs> oh I know so uh, it's lovely to, yes you say a sounding board but um both Caroline and I have found that through our businesses especially our classes we found ourselves as a place in the community um where friendships are, are formed and life stories are swapped and knowledge is gained. And have you had similar experiences with your customers? Oh, oh yes, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's actually quite, quite, um, quite emotional. Some things, you know, we've it had is. we've had a few people come in who literally said, "You've turned my life around." Oh, um, yeah. Nothing, yeah. I had nothing to focus on, nothing to live for, and one particular. Mm said I, we changed her life just being there because she discovered in the early days our classes and something to do and actually her husband was part of a team that had kind of sourced people to invite to Green's Garden Party so I got an invite oh. to the Green's Garden Party because of you know wow. had said how much how important we were to the community and to the so yeah and we have lots of customers come in who ask you know ask about my family how things are going yeah we ask about them and we know about their lives and even now in lockdown if they're in the town and they can see that we're open they wave through the window and check that we're okay and it's lovely you know very much want us to survive and yeah very very supportive and it, it is a more community it is isn't it it is it's lovely it is lovely so what age did you become interested in sewing and was there one person that inspired you or was it an event? First year of secondary school, so about 11, 12. And in those days we did, um, you know, home economics as a, a set subject. So yeah. at school, I think prior to that, I'd always done something with my nan and my aunt. And it was probably my aunt. I used to spend my summer holidays with her and my nan. Um, and my aunt's a seamstress and patchworker, so spent a lot of time with her. So once I did school, I then took it on when we took options, as were then O-level, yeah. O-level dress. And I was the only one, which was quite unusual then, especially in a state school, to have that sole attention. So yes. Mrs Walker, who I'd love to track down one day um, and see her. And uh, yeah, she was very, very good with me and helped me. And 
lent me the school equipment. So yeah, probably her and my aunt. Wow. Do you see sewing? Oh, sorry. Do you see sewing as one of those life skills that will continue through the generations to come? Do your children sew, or is it still taught in your in your local schools? I hope it's a, a life skill that we passed on. I mean, I see customers from you know age five to eighty five, and I hope it is really passed on. It, we do get the old customer that will come in and say, "Do we provide service to sew on buttons?" Because they they can't even sew on a button. So I think it's one of two extremes. Now I can't cook, so I can't. Like, <laughs> I can keep my children nice and warm with a lovely quilt, but you know how they've survived this far is beyond me. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, my daughter does sew a little bit. We recently, she's decided to sew some jersey vests with the overlock seam on the outside, which really doesn't sit well with me. But that seems to be fashionable. It's fashion. It's fashion. <laughs> that's fine. She's that's happy. Fine. She's created she's it. Happy. Um, so she's done a little bit. Um, my eldest son is a bit more into it recently and asked me to teach him a few things. He's a university student, so they're very much into reusing and make, doing amend, which is good. I, I hope it is a life skill because it is a yes. life skill. Um, it is, you know, people do things, even if you don't want to make your own clothes, you know, it's just mending things, repairing things that, you know, you you love a top and you can just make it last a bit longer. And yeah, yeah. Away. So I hope so. Definitely, definitely, yeah. And as I mentioned before, um, but my sons get so tired of having to wait for me to mend stuff. They do it themselves, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's a good tactic. I must try it. <laughs> try it, try it sometime. <laughs> um, so we know that you're very talented at quilting and dressmaking and um, and you mentioned that you love to cross-stitch. Is that the one thing that the one thing that you like to pick up when you've got a bit of rare time to yourself is, is it, uh, do you go to your cross stitch first or? You're very kind. I'm not talented at anything. I am you are. Trades, master of none, I promise you. Um, I love trying all of them. I think um, I, I like the cross stitch of an evening and because, and I'm every day because you can sit in the garden. I'm not one for sitting down doing nothing. I really can't even. No. Doing something, I'm not the best knitter, which would be great to sit at or crochet. I can only do basic of everything. Um, so cross stitch is probably recent. I picked that up again recently, about 18 months ago, and um, really found a, um, a love for it again. There's a lot more modern designs. I think if I had a whole day, which I tend to get at the moment, I tend to get Sundays is my sewing Sunday, um, and then I'll, uh, my heart is really with dressmaking. When I've got a large amount of time, um, yeah. I have to be able to make myself something so what would your sewing plans be for the spring what's on your make to make list oh um summer dresses I, I love a summer dress I I hate making I don't hate making winter clothes I'm not a fan of winter clothes um but I love summer clothes and I love it can't be a summer dress so I know what fabrics I've got coming so I'm really excited about some things that I could make so I'm <laughs> dresses at the moment do you stick to the same pattern? Do you batch make or do you try different dressmaking patterns? Um, I've probably got a certain style. Um, I like quite simple patterns. I'm not a frills or flouncy person. So I like quite basic stuff because I can only do quite basic stuff. You're very kind, but I'm really not that talented. <laughs> <laughs> you put um, yourself down, Nicola. No, no, I really, really am not. I hate zips, so I avoid anything that I can find. Don't have to do <laughs> 
um, but I, yeah, I mean, I'm really fortunate because the style at the moment are these sort of wide bodiced tiered um, dresses, which I, I love. So I should probably live in that. And I love tunics. So that, that suits me fine. Oh, lovely. I don't stick to, there's a couple of patterns I've made a lot of because once I think you've done the hard work in making the pattern fit, you know, it's a, a bit of a, an easy sew to then run something yeah. up once yeah. you've got your pattern right. And if you just do it in a different fabric, it can look completely different. You know, you can do something in a woven and you can also make it in a jersey and it's Definitely. the same dress, but can look completely different. So, but I don't really batch make. Um, I've got far too many things on the go to, to be doing batch making and dress making. I've usually got a quilt going on the go and some cross stitch and some another dress. And so <laughs> there's enough. Excellent. So do you ever really switch off from your business and do you have any other hobbies other than your um other than sewing or textile related things? We we, you know, I know I like to cook and bake and Caroline does too. And I just wondered if you have a different hobby, a different sideline that you like to spend time doing. Um, well, with three grown-up ch children, when they're home, that's full-time job. Um, and with the business, there's very little free time. But lately, I think now that the children are more self-sufficient and driving, I have found I've got a little bit more time. Um, I'm not a cook, as I said. I do love my garden, and I've found that again in the last year where I've had a bit more time at home. Really enjoy my garden. But I like um, dancing. I do do a fit steps class every week. And I did do oh, some wow. years a couple <laughs> of years ago. Um, not quite successfully my partner will laugh and said I was a bit too bossy but um, <laughs> that up again <laughs> willful, I think the teacher called me very willful so I used to do classes at, in fleet I uh, syrup classes yes, and a uh, bit of drive and and I thought oh I'll take my mum and dad um and because my dad was always on about how he used to jive and everything else so we're in the middle of this class and my dad lost his call with the tutor totally and said that's not how it's done and stormed out <laughs> I tried rock classes but I really wasn't keen on all these different people coming and grabbing my yeah. hand that's it and you had to move along yeah. And, and yeah and 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 my dad was like that's not how it was done originally <laughs> in such and such era and and he, yeah and the tutor said well you know that's fine but at the moment this is how we're teaching it and yeah and off my dad trotted oh my goodness <laughs> I was quite ashamed for a couple of weeks and once it all died down I reappeared <laughs> So if you could have a day to do anything that you would like to, what would it be right now? Right now, it would be around a pool in the sunshine with a PIMS. I <laughs> love my sunshine and I love, I love my swimming. So I would just, I would oh. give anything at the moment to be in a hot country with that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'll stick with the garden and the daffodils for now. Well done. <laughs> and a cup of coffee outside. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can always have a PIMS. <laughs> Yes, yeah. It's a lovely it's soon, drink. It'll mm. soon be o'clock. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, Nicholas, so much for allowing us to interview you. But just before we say goodbye, do you have any aspirations for So Busy? Um, and can you can give us a little peek um, look into the future? Well, the aspiration at the moment is to reopen and stay yeah. open, I think. Yeah. I'm very nervous of future lockdowns or... Mm. 
Mm. You know, I used to worry about closing for a snow day, but you know, <laughs> snow day is not a problem anymore. Um, I, I think we just need to stay open from yeah. the future so busy at the moment. I'm just really working on the technology. We've upgraded the website, um, making sure that my online presence is there so that those that want to see what we have can access that. Mm. The future, who knows what the future is, you know, with the high street um, as it is, I think it's a really, really difficult time for small businesses. So hopefully, you know, we will see people staying local and supporting the businesses. We are really well supported locally, which is wonderful. So I think it's just to ride out next probably yeah. and see and just hang on in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, very best wishes with that and good luck. I have fond memories of Fleet because before I was in Stockbridge, um, I lived near Hartley Whitney in Heckfield and so Fleet uh, was I live in Hartley Whitney. Yeah. Oh do you? Yeah. yeah. So I used to Fleet was like one of my local go-tos for for uh, for independence but that was before that was before the 2000s that was back in um, 95 90 through to 99 and um and I always thought Fleet was a lovely lovely town so I'm glad I'm glad it you were there. Oh, my plan was always to up sticks by about probably now being here six years so the plan was always sort of five years time to up sticks go and live by the seaside and take the shop with me but we really love it here now and we're kind of yeah. happily plodding along here lovely yeah. oh one day so busy might be by the seaside who knows that would be nice <laughs> and hopefully we'll bump into each other at shows again and <laughs> let's hope so <laughs> it's been a pleasure talking to you thank yeah. you very much it's been a pleasure no. talking to you yeah well thank you thank, thank you for your you. time oh isn't nicola lovely it's so interesting hearing how her local community has supported her business yes it's really important for bricks and mortar shops at this time but there has been a real surge of online classes over the last year and in our next episode we will be speaking to fiona pullen author of craft a creative business and founder of the sewing directory and she's going to tell us a bit about how both these came about Oh, yeah, great. I'm so looking forward to hearing from Fiona. So if you enjoyed our podcast and you would like to hear more, please do subscribe, keep in touch and follow us on our social media feeds and websites. In the meantime, happy sewing, everybody. Happy sewing. Bye. Bye.